Hi and welcome to the latest episode of the Glenvore podcast with your host Jason. And in this particular episode we're going to talk about the Malt Whiskey Yearbook 2023 release which came out maybe, I don't know, a month or so ago. For many whiskey enthusiasts it's annual tradition and for me for many years it was as well. You would buy the yearbook and it would give you a snapshot and insight into what was happening in the world and uh, what to maybe expect in some degree from other distilleries uh, in the coming months. Uh, now, particularly uh, my own whiskey journey has taken a venture on an unbeaten path, which is uh, obviously this Glenvore project. So I've sort of stepped away from the whiskey yearbook itself the last two two years, I think mixture of reasons. Um, personally, it wasn't really relevant anymore to me. I, I think, you know, we're very much, I guess, like iPhones and other electronic devices, you know, there's this compulsion to buy every year. You, you've bought into it, you buy the next year. In whiskey as well, it's very much a theme, isn't it, with festival releases and special editions and uh, particular series about, oh, goodness knows, swamp monsters or launching into space with God knows what next. But sometimes it pays to step away from these things and actually think, do I need it this year? What am I actually missing? And for me, I felt, you know, the yearbook, no slight to it, you know, once every maybe four or five years might be a better point. And, and that's just a reflection of my own whiskey journey and what I'm doing here. Um, one of the main attractions to the, the series in the, in the first place was the, the closed distillery information. Um, I remember back in the day, which is probably a lot longer than several people listening to this, perhaps, given our audience of 10 people, uh, information on closed distilleries was very, very hard to come by. Uh, some of the old texts you would have more information about the distillery when it was current, um, and uh, books in the 80s and 90s give you a little bit more detail about the end um, but in-depth articles about specific distilleries are very rare. Um, they're either normally distillery funded, and we've seen that with Glen Glasser, Glen Farkless, uh, Morrison Bowmore, Lafroig in recent years, or they are more self-published um, by like-minded uh, enthusiasts who really take a jump off the deep end. Uh, and I can, uh, Dr. Patrick Brassard's, um Glengarry and um, Barora uh, being two notable examples of that. So uh, this was before Brian Townsend's Scotch Mist as well, I'm thinking of, you know, which has become more relevant um, in the sort of closed distilleries. And we've also had books as well, specifically about Campbelltown, for instance, or... Um, the Japanese visitations uh, in the early years of Scotch and also more recently the James Eady book as well. So there's definitely more awareness of closed distilleries and whiskey history. Um, and in recent years, I felt the, the yearbook, because of space, which is understandable, uh, the closed distillery aspects being watered down, you know, more extensive notes have been, you know, assimilated and condensed and it's become a mere footnote and in some respects yes it's not the main focus of the book the book the yearbook is really about the year 
prior in the year ahead. It's not about, you know, distilleries that no longer receive releases or, you know, have been ground into earth and rubble. Um, but I just think it's a shame because there has been a, a growing awareness and appreciation and desire to try the old scotches, to try the old distilleries, you know, to do the the, ver the, the whiskey tour of all these fallen distilleries, the distilleries within distilleries such like, um, and appreciate the older styles, the older methods and distinctive characters when today things are less distinct because everything's um, more engineered, streamlined, efficient and whiskey is shipped off-site and bought, you know, matured and bottled more in central locations in some cases. Um, and those distinct barriers between distilleries have been lost or eroded to some degree. Now, I was made aware of this year's entry, there was um, a focus or a spotlight on the ghost distillery, which is a term I don't really use. I what is it about ghost distilleries? Do they do they come alive at night? Do they um, bump go bump in the night or uh, play tricks on the mind? No, I, I much prefer lost or closed. Um, I think those are more representative. A ghost distillery doesn't really compute with me. You know, being to the Glenvore site. Uh, walking around there, I think 99.9% .9 of people who visit the Glenvore site would probably be unaware of what stood there before. There's no plaque. There's no um, spectre. There's no ghostly apparitions. Um, it's just very much land that's been repurposed. <coughs> so, apologies for the cough. Um, so this one-page article really just gives a snapshot of Glenvore. And as usual, it falls into the same traps. Now, um, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring Glenvor to life was because I knew there was much more out there than the text that have been published on it. Now, by the text, I mean it's more entries in larger scale books comprising the Scotch industry. And I've also seen it with Glenalbin and Melbourne. You know, some of them start with the same almost opening in some cases. And the writer for a, a newer version is just literally moving around some words and phrases you know it's it's there's a benchmark the information that's there and people rely on the same text regurgitate it in a different way but very rarely do people go right back to the beginning and research the book the distillery and fill in the gaps or the new horizons which we're seeing on this project and that's understandable because uh these writers, these experts, these consultants have a book to produce or a project. And in most cases, you know, there isn't the space, the desire, the budget or time even to research a distillery in such a nonsensical fashion that we have these last couple of years. And that's a shame because we are seeing the wrong things regurgitated again and again. But also there's an opportunity there to really go back and re-establish and re-evaluate the distillery. Not just this Glenvore or Glenalbin or Melbourne, but all these lost distilleries. There's a really big public awareness now compared to 10 years ago, never mind 20, 30 years ago when some of these books were wrote 
about whiskey. You know, descendants of employees of families, uh, archivists, librarians, people are more aware of whiskey, more appreciative of whiskey, but also the information, you know, and libraries and archives are being more digitized, more recorded, and new things are sitting there waiting to be discovered. And I think that I've proven that. And the most important thing is the work, you know, it's not who wrote it, it's not who paid for it, uh, which is why we're non-profit, or my name's not on the site, it's the work. The work speaks for itself, the information. I want people to sit down and read the Glenvor site with a degree of acceptance and realization that this is definitive. You know, this is, we're taking it as far back as we can and we're giving you the ability to have a new perspective and spotlight on things. And I welcome articles such as this one where they are summarizing some of the key points, also summarizing some of the uh, in, inaccuracies. But somebody out there might think, Glenvor, okay, I want to know more about this, even starting with how to say it. And they're going to punch it in and they're going to go on a journey and more often than not they're going to end up on the project here we've got online and they can really really dive into it and really appreciate what they have um, what we've created so the article itself is it's i've seen so many i'm not trying to be negative or critical but it's just by the numbers i suppose is the kindest thing we can say about it um, the good thing is it raises the profile of Glenvor again, perks interest, and maybe gets people curious. And that's good. That's really good. And it maybe sheds a little bit light on Bernie and the McKinleys and their legacy, which I think is generally overlooked. But I do think in some respects it's a, it's a, it's a missed opportunity. Now, yes, um, the person behind the book could have come to me and asked one page, write it. Of course, that's not going to happen. I know I've been critical of the yearbook in the past and my alt days because I always felt there's a, a reliance on the same portfolio of writers at the beginning in these paid articles. And after several years of seeing the same names on a merry-go-round, it became a little bit tiresome. Um, a lot of these writers are not relevant to me. I don't respect their opinion because it comes from a paid background. And like any DJ, it's in their interest to be a chameleon and change to the next fad, the next big thing. And that's a shame. Personally, and I think I made that comment on Malt several years ago, there's a lot of talent out there, and I don't include myself in that because I am ring rusty as. But to bring in some new names and write, new perspective, not the same old tired old guard. You know, there has to be a realization that there are people out there probably know more than these so-called experts, writers, consultants, and have a passion and a burning inside them. And in some respects, I think the industry or the establishment is quarantining or trying to censor that by not giving it oxygen to thrive. You know, that's something that has been said to me and I can certainly see 
where those frustrations come from. Um, so the thing is, you, you do it off your own bat. Um, the work will speak for itself. You know, if the person is good, if they write, people will pick up on it and deservedly so. So, yes, the yearbook is um, it's great to, to see this Glenvor entry, but I just wish, not that I wrote it, but um, even use the materials. You know, my materials are there. All it is just a simple credit or a thank you or even a, a request. No problem whatsoever. Because unfortunately, what the Glenvor project is showing is a lot of these te texts and books that people have relied on for so long are inaccurate or incomplete when it comes to this distillery. And if that's the case for this distillery, I bet you strong odds it will be the same on several other distilleries. So there's a, not to be critical, but I think there's a real opportunity here for us to reappraise history, whiskey history, and to really appreciate these whiskies, these distilleries. And at the moment we're being a little lazy and we are just um, regurgitating what has been previously out there. I mean, give you a couple of examples um, recently. We've had the 1904 flooding, which I'll come, which published this week, but I'll come to in a subsequent podcast. That's totally new. Um, we've had the unpublished John Burney interview from the 1950s. Uh, we've also got the logbook, which is giving us details page by page. Now, there's so much out there, and not just for this distillery. And I think perhaps the time is coming where others will be inspired to do these projects and these distilleries and take it beyond um, the pleasant medium that the writers and experts, consultants, etc. can achieve um, with their limited budgets and time. And it's a shame in a way because I think the potential is there to just to do one great book on Scotch and to really go to the nth degree, I think, would be an achievement, but years in the making, years in the making. But anyway, if you have the yearbook, I'm sure you use it. and I'm sure it brings you value, but um, it's not needed here. Uh, that's just the way it is sometimes, you know. Um, I think it's better to be honest than just to say nice things to pass the time which unfortunately is very prevalent in whiskey circles and the main thing is the work and that should always be at the heart of everything not what people think of you not what people say because the work speaks for itself and if somebody is dedicated and they're producing good work and really introducing people to a distillery in a whole new light or whiskey then they deserve to be congratulated so that's us um, as always um, if you want to leave some comments get in touch please do so uh, i appreciate not everybody will share my views but that's fine because at the end of the day it's the work and i want people to talk about Glenvor. I think we're already seeing it in terms of some of the auction prices that are coming out now are just bonkers. But be inspired. Don't follow the herd. Do what you think is right. 
uh, and enjoy it, which I am every day. So I shall click on stop and we shall move on to another discovery. Thank you for listening.